throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with host Gord Riddell. It's time to listen and learn. Hello again and welcome to this episode of Things Worth Considering. I'm your host, Gord Riddell. And on the show, I'd like to introduce you to a special lady uh, who's basically gone through hell and back and has much to share about what she learned uh, through her experiences. Uh, Let me introduce you to Martez Shembri. Hey, Martez. Hey, Gord. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Gord. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. Oh, well, thank you. Um, So let me tell you first a little bit about Martez. She has quite the story. Uh, She is the author of a book called From Stress to Bliss. Uh, she's a registered massage therapist and a professor of massage therapy at both Centennial and Durham Colleges. Uh, she is a solutions-oriented therapist and a graduate of the Spiritual Directors Program at Transformational Arts College and currently studying spiritual psychotherapy at Transformational Arts in Toronto. Uh, this woman is truly a lifelong learner uh, and it appears a lifelong teacher. Uh, from the classroom to being a facilitator at the Goddess Experience in Malta for the Summer Solstice Retreat in June of this year, actually, for 2020. Um, can I go? Can I be a goddess? Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of people who have been saying, well, what if I identify as a goddess? So I'm thinking of doing one for next year for well, I'll miss gods and year. goddesses. Yeah, Gods and goddesses. I wanted to be a goddess. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Uh, so now, Martez, you were in a very serious automobile accident. Yes. Um, and which you basically broke everything in the right side of your body in a head-on collision. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Not yeah. only that, you actually were in four automobile accidents. Yes, sadly. I always have to say that none of these were my fault. You sure it's uh, not habitual? No, it's not habitual. Okay. <laughs> um, but they're definitely um, uh, opportunities for growth, put it that way. Um, each one of those uh uh, were great learning experience, although I probably would not have said that at that time. Sure. Um, but now I refer to it as being quadruple blind tested um, because they were all, the first one was a huge life changer, um, a catalyst which direct, redirected my life um, into the world of doctors and specialists and having surgeries and so forth. But it was also um, a trajectory that led me into stress and trauma and post-traumatic stress and rehabilitation and recovery, but not just of my body, but through that process, I learned that I needed to also treat my mind and my spirit, and that all needed to be uh, treated for truly uh, integrative healing. Well, you know, I mean, that makes you know so much sense. But just to go through, you know, something something as traumatic as that, yeah. you know, I mean, how can your mind not, you know, yes, you know, depression or whatever, you know. I, I mean, I, I had I had a, uh, it was, I don't know, you want to call it an accident when I was 13 and was out camping in the wintertime and uh, was, ended up freezing my feet and was oh my. shipped down to the sick children's hospital and uh, they wanted, I was in there for quite a few months, they wanted to amputate. Oh. Fortunately, my parents and, and yay grandma was like, that ain't happening. Uh Years later, a couple, within a couple of years, I would have to have a couple of toes removed. But, you know, wow. I, I just I just can't imagine, like, that was only my feet. I just can't imagine my entire side being frozen or something like that. But I was, like, black from my knees down. Yay, Canada, uh, going camping in March. And yeah. I was basically dressed for Toronto, which is very warm compared to up in northern Ontario where I had gone camping. So uh, I really get it. Yeah, so also, too, back then, it was 1987 that that occurred. Um, and back I'm then... I'm going to tell you what year it was. Really. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's okay. Not, not required. But back in 87, they uh, would pay for my physical rehabilitation, but they wouldn't pay for any psychotherapy. And I yeah, actually had to fight and write letters to the insurance company to say, you know, my body is affected, but it's also affected my mind, my, my spirit, and I need to have help with that, too, because I was getting um, going into depression impressions and so on um and and it was several years later that actually i was like i said it was a big trajectory it changed my life purpose and and direction so i used to be a designer back then of clothing and furniture and so i was thrown into this new world i knew about 
clothing the body, but I didn't know what was going on internally. So um, as a result, I went back to school and became a registered massage therapist. But it was in that training that actually when I was uh, learning about um, post-traumatic stress disorder, learning it in school and the signs and symptoms, I'm going, oh, my God, I have it, I have it, I have it. Yeah, yeah. And then that's because when, it wasn't a common, a it common was understanding not common. back then. No, not at all. And we're talking all. only 20 years ago. Yeah. And that was the catalyst, too, because I would then, I went back to my doctor and said, this is what's been happening to me. You know, I understand. She said, I believe, yeah, you do have this. Send me to a psychotherapist um, or psychiatrist at that point. And I knew I wasn't, you know, uh, my dad was a psychiatric nurse. And oh, he used really? Yes, yeah, so I, he used to work at Whitby Psychiatric. And then I got sent to Whitby Psychiatric, and it was like, wait a minute, I'm not, um, I'm not, that I have issues, but I'm not to that extreme. Um, and that's what actually led me into recognizing I need to learn more about this because it was very um, at beginning stages back then. It wasn't, and you were in military. No, I wasn't. And that yeah. was it. It was like, what do you mean you have post-traumatic stress? You're not in the military. It was either extreme, like uh, catastrophic uh, world, uh, natural disasters and so on, or military. It wasn't like motor vehicle accidents or sexual exactly. abuse or any of those things. And what it was, it was a lot of stuff that was buried inside that, you know, started to come to the surface as a result of, of having had this traumatic, um, all these breaks to my, my body. Yeah. Well, just, you know, what lying around brings all that stuff up. Absolutely. You know, for, uh, forget the car accident. If you, you know, have somebody just lying around and not really doing anything and the mind's not active, the mind really gets screwed up. Yeah, the subconscious starts to, you it starts, know. starts to yeah. push up and play up and, and play on us. Yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, there is something redemptive about having jobs and working and all absolutely. that kind of stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the um, so this exposure to medical procedures and modalities, you were connecting really at a deep, very deep level of awareness. Well, back then, in a full freedom. leg cast and an arm cast and not going anywhere fast, there was a lot of time to think, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you start to reflect on the deeper, more meaningful. Um, things of your life and what's significant, what's not. You start to go through, um, you know, a invent- an inventory of sorts. What am I doing? Where, what does this all mean? And you start to look at things that I was only 23. So, wow. yeah, so everybody was out having fun. And I was, you know, my full-time job, I was actually on, was rehab, going from therapist to doctors to specialists. That was my job at that time. Yeah, that was so, your job, yeah. You're right? So that was um, learning how... Uh, what was going on and healing was my my priority at that time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's even hard for a 23-year-old. I mean, I think that requires a certain amount of, uh, you know, almost an innate level of awareness or, yes. you know, spirituality or something going on. Yeah. And interestingly enough, prior to that, I started doing meditation classes, right? Yes, you did. And um, We go back a long uh, Yes. Way. And I, took, I started taking courses with you when I was about 17. And um, of course, I was only nineteen. Yes, of course. <laughs> and at that time, um, I, when I was in hospital, I was doing a lot of meditating and um, doing affirmations and doing all the early works of what now is the the self development. Um, uh, Personal growth, uh, personal growth, way, yeah. way at the beginning stages, right? So yeah. I was glad that I had that foundation piece too. I mean, when I was yes. setting out to open up a school that would yes. uh, be based in spirituality and personal growth, and people yes. went, "Sure, you are." <laughs> yeah. You know, so thirty-two years later, here I sit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yes, it did well. I um, remember that well. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, yes. that's, that's a compliment that you would actually, you know, come to the school after all those years. Absolutely. You know, um, now this was, just so that we're clear, this was your first accident. Yes, it was. Okay. It was. All right. So. See, see, by the second one, I would have gone, this is God's way of saying, stay away from cars. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't. But you, no, you're actually was... living outside of the city and you drove in yes. today. Yes, As I you did. do every day I when did. you do, to yeah. go to class. Yeah. So um, the next accident happened uh, about uh, 12 years after that. 12, 13 years after that. Okay, um, great period. Yeah, and um, I actually um, started to learn more about post-traumatic stress and hypervigilance because I learned from that accident, and then the third accident was about nine months after that. You could have had a baby. Pardon me? You could have had a baby in that period. Actually, I did. I had two children, and the, and the kids were actually in my car. In nine when, months? Um, no, no, no. They're oh. a year and a half apart. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, 
they were a few years old when that happened. But all of a sudden, I was at the at the stoplight waiting, and all of a sudden, my body just went into, you know, this hyper arousal mode and it was awareness mode. And it was like, what's going on? And the next thing I know, I heard uh, tires screeching. And then I heard, you know, being smashed into the back of my car. I don't want to uh, drive with you. No, no. <laughs> and, Magnet. Magnet. Yeah. And then I got that moments ahead of time. And then the, the car accident nine months later, I tuned into it a block ahead of time. And I realized what do you mean that you tuned into I it? Like, I'm just going to have um, so there was a car there and I noticed this woman and I thought stay away from this woman and I kept my distance and then I was slowing down towards a red light and she decided to turn without looking and and sideswipe me and something told me take her license plate because when I went around the corner to where I thought she would be she was uh, gone and really? so I called the police and intuitively I had that write that number down um and when the police came, I was I was I was uh, taken away on the backboard because I had um, freaked right out. Because now this was my third accident, so where my mind went was, what the heck does this mean? Third accident, my my symptoms are all aggravated. With the first accident, it was traumatic, it was horrible, but I had no reference point for it. Thank God. Right, thank God. Yeah. The third one, the least amount of impact, was the most shock and trauma. And that's when mm. I recognize it's not always about physical impact. It's not always about broken bones. It's what you your mind does with it, your perception that, of it. Yes, absolutely. You know, whether you're thinking a good thing is going to come out of it or, or not. Well, your perception was, oh, God, here's another broken leg, a broken arm, and we're going exactly. to go through this all over exactly. again. Exactly, exactly. Which is un- totally understandable. I mean, that's the way our mind works. Yeah. And so at that time, having <clears throat> those other two accidents – under my belt, so to speak, I was already doing, I was doing meditations and affirmations and the gratitude and the, and I started journaling a lot. Okay. And then I came up with, with, um, I love acronyms and, and creating things with acronyms. So I was doing that, um, to augment my healing because I would go to, you know, doctors for the physical, I would go to psychotherapists for the emotional, but I would go to my church, whatever, for, um, my spiritual and wow. So I needed. I know I needed the integrative. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 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 Um, and that's because you. And also, I needed the stillness, and I needed to go inward and do my own personal work. Right. Um, because oftentimes, twenty-three-year-olds don't do that easily. No, no. But I, I was really taken with the spiritual work that you know that I learned from you also, and that was, I think, um, a godsend that put me in that position to be able to draw from that wow. uh, and, and use wow. it later on. Yeah, wow. I don't believe in coincidences. Well, no, uh, uh, no, synchronicity, right? yes. synchronicity, maybe. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so all of this work. Um, I, let me just let me just finish what I where I started about talking about this sort of deep awareness. I mean, you know, the idea behind the show is about how we connect, absolutely, how we connect to each other and we connect to people. But it's importantly how we connect to ourselves. Yes, you know, and yes. I think that you know what you're talking about is. Someone who was young, who went to a very deep level and started to create that connection yeah. and, you know, recognize that you can't heal the body without the mind. You can't heal the mind without the spirit. All three have to be there. And, and one of the things that I didn't mention earlier is that there was a lot of things in the first accident that were misdiagnosed. And yeah. then I was 23, so I put all my trust into the healthcare professionals because they were the professionals. Sure. But uh, as things were um, not being diagnosed or being found out later, serious things, I recognized I had to start, my body was telling me this stuff, and I needed to start listening to my body differently. Mm. So I started to listen to my body, listen to my spirit, and every time when I listened to it, think good things happen. When I didn't, then it would come back and, you know, with adverse reactions to that. So yeah. I learned to listen to my body at a whole other level because I think prior to that, there had been other issues that I wasn't dealing with that um, this was kind of like a wake-up call, start listening. Yeah. And I got that yeah. very loud and clear. Start paying attention because, you know, if you don't pay attention, you know, you may not get many more chances. Well, yeah, we're not cats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, listening to ourselves. Because it really is so much so much easier just to hand our, our everything over to the medical. Yes. You know, but I think they really rely on us sometimes yeah. now. You know. And then I learned that I have to listen to myself and trust myself. Right. Yeah, because yeah. at that time, being that young, I didn't have the confidence to say, oh, 
But then I actually was having a lot of chest pain and saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and being ignored for almost two weeks, and then it being found out that I actually had a broken sternum. Oh. Right? And wow. then that's when I went, that's it. I need to start speaking out yeah. and, and just saying because my body's telling me. Well, well, you're, you're amazing insofar as given what you've gone through and which would certainly set you up for really long-term sort of dull pain, dull ache, or arthritis. Yes. I've, I've never heard you ever complain about your body not well or you're hurting or you're, you know, like, I mean, I stand up and go, oi, my back. Well, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can stand up and you can start to see me limp for a bit, but I kind of walk it out. But I learned a long out. time ago, too, some of the prognosis that, uh, you know, were told to me. Oh, they're uh, You know, how do I listen to them? No. You know, I should be in a wheelchair right now. Prognosis are not good. Exactly. I'm going to give you a prognosis right yes. now. We have to take a break. Uh, this is Gordrell, and I'm here with Martez uh, Shebri at Things Worth Considering, and uh, we will be right back in two minutes. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. What makes someone successful in their field? On Transformational Energy Leadership, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas, advice, tips, and tricks as to what defines success for them. The result is positive transformation for you. You'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work. And you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, and welcome back. This is Gord Riddell here at Things Worth Considering. And we're talking with uh, Martez Shemri. Um, and we're talking about actually her story and horrible car accidents. However, it has led her to uh, publish a book. It's an excellent book, actually. Uh, she's, you're a very good writer, actually. Uh, oh, thank from you. Uh, Stress to Bliss is the name of the book. Now, we're not talking about cannabis bliss here, are we? No. Or alcohol no. bliss. No, no, no. No. It's an acronym. It was an acronym that I created. Okay. That stands for, uh, B is for breathing, L is for landing, integrating, stillness, and safety. So breathing, um, that's a process that you do in through your nose and out through your nose. That helps to slow down our system and get us out of our stress fight or flight reactive state of our nervous system right um, most so people important. are in their heads um, and they're not um, in living in their bodies and as we breathe and we land and we start to bring focus to our body we start to inhabit our body and land in our body and we become grounded and solid more solid in our body and as we start to land in our body we start to integrate notice become aware of the physical sensations the emotions that we're feeling and the thoughts Okay, so that's what you meant by landing. Yes, landing. Is is going down into your body. Yes, absolutely. Uh, You know, 
one of the ways that I, I use it, because as you know, I love stories and, and I talk in metaphors, yes. but it's like God made this incredible mansion for us, Absolutely. which is our bodies. But we decided to live in a little room way at the top of the stairs, <laughs> yes. just a little tiny thing. So instead of having like 40,000 square feet to wander in, we've got like a 10 by 10 room that we kind of look out from and just hope everything's okay. You know? mm-hmm. And so it's an invitation to come out of the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, interestingly enough, I actually years ago when I was going through my my accidents and, and recognizing being in the body, I remember hearing very loudly, the body is the gateway for the soul. And if I wasn't and if I didn't have that kind of breakage and that much time in my body to start to focus, it was that way it was like in my head I could tune things out, I can ignore it, uh, deny it. But in the body it's harder to to ignore those things. Yes. Yes. Very much harder, right? And then you're, to me, it was like my soul was speaking through me through, okay, listen to me now. Right. 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 And exactly. so the body and I, it enabled me, uh, kept me still for long enough to have to start to listen. I couldn't run away or I couldn't, you know, get distracted or, or whatever. I had right, to right. tune into what was underneath it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that it comes with stillness, which is the next part. Um, the stillness. It's in stillness where our body, our nervous system can recalibrate and come back to the cranial sacral or parasympathetic nervous system. And when we're in that system, that's our what I call our safety system. That's our creativity system. That's our that part of our body for resting, digesting, reproduction and repair. When we're in that state, we are not in fear. We are in more creative, more love. Um, based kind of thinking and doing when we're in our sympathetic nervous system our stress reactive system that's about safety and survival it's coming from a part of our brain that's about uh, keeping us alive oh yeah and our brain our body can become like an overprotective parent and thinking that everything is going to hurt us and we start to think in catastrophic uh, terms, in worst-case scenario terms, negative thinking, because we're in that state of survival. We're not in that safe place of creativity, because when we're in survival, the energy is going to that system. You know, the systems, the other part of our nervous system for creativity, for resting, digesting, reproduction, repair, the energy is not going to that. Right, right. And so over time, that can break down because those systems can break down. And when we go there for any period of time, people usually experience not enough. Yes. There's not enough money. There's not enough love. There's yes. not enough food. There's not enough room in this house for two of us. Yes, uh, yeah. You know, but it, it really is. Fear-based. That is a place of lack. Yeah, fear-based. Yep, we're, absolutely. When right. we're in that survival mode, it is a place of lacking. And, and it's very hard to learn to feel gratitude Absolutely. when your brain says there's not enough of anything. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, are you going to survive? And are you going to survive? Right? Exactly. And so when you're in survival mode, it's no time to be eating, sleeping, going to the bathroom or reproducing. Right. And 90% of people going to doctors are for those conditions because we're living in our stress system long term, chronically, which we're not supposed to. It's not designed for that. Yeah, they're all stress related. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's probably higher than ninety percent. Yes. Yeah. And it's and it's basic physiology. When you're in your stress system, the energy isn't going fully to those other systems, so they become compromised. Right. Right. The energy blocks up. Yeah. Well I mean one of the first things, you know, all those those words there are like, you know, you use them I know for physical healing, but they are critical in psychotherapy yes. as well because that's what we have to sort of work with in, in a session with people, you know. Uh, but, you know, people, as soon as they start to feel any sort of an emotion or they're startled or whatever, they immediately stop breathing. Yes, and which is not a good sign for your nervous system because your nervous system goes, why are they not breathing? Exactly. There's a trauma. And what what's going on? And what the F do I do? Do I fight, flight, or freeze, freeze. here? Exactly. Right? I've had people come up to me 30 years later that I worked with, yeah. and they still hear my voice going, breathe, yes, breathe. Because while they were doing their work, they would, they would stop breathing. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, or if you said, listen, people stop, people stop breathing, yet there's no correlation between our hearing and our breathing. But yet we stop breathing in order that we can listen better, mm. which is really interesting. Mm. I do that in the class, I'll yell, ah! You know, and, uh, and <laughs> everyone stopped breathing. Ah. Yeah. So they're, they're getting this whole, you know, whole reaction. But it's just yeah. to, you know, sort of reinforce the importance of 
breathing with your yeah, client. Absolutely. You know, and helping people to breathe. Absolutely. Uh, even as a friend, you know, when you see someone holding their breath. And I'm not talking about a child, I'm talking yes. about an adult because we just are, you know, we move from deep down in our lungs to way, way up in our yeah, chest. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. Apical breathing, yeah. Yeah, and it just it causes so because you go right into survivor mode right there. It norepinephrine and the cortisol and everything's all firing off well there's no oxygen the body monitors our breath because we can't go long without it causing you know severe damage that's right so it is so highly monitored that and i'm glad it's yes, monitoring absolutely. it absolutely absolutely you imagine if we had to orchestrate all this unconscious stuff no thanks no, no. <laughs> Sorry. yeah it really well, I mean, the that's what amazing. never ceases to amaze me. And after all of these years of working with people, our mind fascinates me. But the fact that there's a billion, billions and billions of cells in both yeah. of us that are just doing their thing, allow, and we're just talking away, you know, and it's doing, this is here, and this is here, and my toe's doing this, and my fingers are doing it, you know, it's, and it's, I'm seeing, I'm smelling, I'm hearing, it's just, it's amazing. It's incredibly it's just, awesome. We're absolute, absolute yeah. miracles. Yeah, and yeah. our body is has potential and that's why even the mind is so important to watch when we're healing because if we go into that catastrophic worst case scenario thinking that's not promoting healing it is not right? promoting and stay keeping yeah. people who who think that way away from you yes when you're in healing yes absolutely oh look at you oh my god look at the cast oh <laughs> oh, oh oh you don't need to take that in yeah especially if it's someone who's impactful like a mother or you know, or whatever is like they've got to shift that they want to be there. They need to shift how they see what's going on for us. The fact that you ha- you're sitting there is already enough. Mm. You know mm. that is a miracle in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but they they do. They you know, my mother, God bless her, uh, she's passed away, but she she oh, could catastrophize so pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, that was a different generation too, and that was and a generation of post-war, and I think there's a lot of people that were. Um, had post-traumatic stress not diagnosed. Oh, absolutely. Right? There's right? no question and, about it. Just like ADD. And their brain never got the, the the true signal in their nervous system that the war is over and they can go into safety now. Exactly. And so so you've written this book here yes. called, about stress. Now, I teach it, as you well know, uh, and uh, you're, you're an author about it. Um, do you not find... Like what I what I, I find when I'm in the classroom and I bring up about stress or even individuals, they they just kind of like it bounces off their head and onto the floor. Yeah, they just kind of glaze over. Like people, people one they don't want to hear about stress or they have stress fatigue. You know? Yeah, and I find you can either go into hypo or hyper. Some people are so, there's very little that can activate them into stressful reactions. But they don't even realize that. Exactly. They think it's normal because that's, wow. that's, they, they've done it so many times that their body has habituated and perceives that as normal. And it becomes right? a new norm. Exactly. You know, the pain in my leg that I never got looked at, you know, into, it's just stayed a pain in my leg, a pain in my leg. It just becomes a new norm for us. Or else then you get the other person that's go, go, go. They're stressed all the time. I've got no stress. I've got no stress. And then they stop. Um, they'll relax for a period of time and then they'll get sick. Yes. Right? And they'll The have, classic oh, going on vacation the, yes. and getting a really, really bad cold. Exactly. I don't have time to be sick. I don't have yeah. time to be sick. And they're like, oh, guess what? Look, you yeah. have time to be sick. And they are. Or ignoring that they're stressed, they're stressed, and then all of a sudden, you know, they'll have... Something much more serious. Come, yes, exactly. Like a heart. So it's like, yeah. if you don't pay attention, your body will slow you down. That's been my experience. And it can come in the form of an illness, or it can come in the form of external things like car accidents, sadly. Hey, it can come in the form of, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're out of here, kid. Yes, yeah. You yeah. can die. Yeah, absolutely. Stress kills. It does. You know, it does. It really does. And, and you know, if we really understood how devastating... Uh, over the long term, and we are in long-term stress situations. Yes. You know, uh, uh, and, and by, by stress, it doesn't mean like something terrible, like, you know, a robber comes through this door and another one comes in here that tomorrow. I'm talking about just going to work and, and fighting our way there and fighting our way home and, and everything that we deal with now, now, now. You know, the worst, the most stressful thing in my life is my bloody phone. Yes. The texts. And they, people expect this instant answer. I've said this on the air before. I want to go back to the old days where I had an answering machine at home. And I couldn't access it until well, I went home eight hours or ten hours later. Well, it's also creating a lot of attention deficit disorder. Um, we oh, can't totally. concentrate on, on anything. I think I read somewhere that we touch our phones 2,500 times a day. 
That's ridiculous. I'm not kidding. Picking it up over the course of the day. Yeah, we are addicted. See, if I touch myself like that that often, (laughs) they put me in jail. (laughs) Exactly, but but phones are okay. (laughs) Well, well, phones have become the new cigarettes. Uh, Yeah. That's the thing we hide behind. Yeah. Smoking was always a place to and hide. And we're, I think we're fortunate because we know the days before cell phones. Um, what concerns me is I see my young kids, well, my, my young adults. Uh, that's, you know, they they were, you know, a little later getting into phones. But the ones that I see carts now with with um, with screens on the push carts at, uh, at shopping malls. It's like we are inundating all the time our brain. It has no time for stillness. And so we're wiring that nervous system to be in in hyper mode all the time yeah, at yeah. a very young age. And, you know, that's as, yeah, right up there with adverse childhood experiences, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, wiring a child that, that much that early in, in their life and not enough outdoors and not enough uh, stillness. Kids, kids are very stressed. Yes, they are. You know, and I mean, that. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a child specialist, but, you know, I can look at the number of 50-year-olds who are now being diagnosed with ADD. Yes. And like their life would have been very different if they might have been diagnosed a little bit earlier. Uh, and, and you know, it, it's just so amazed, amazing to see them uh, sort of come to terms with that now. Well, now they've research has shown that we have an attention span of that of a goldfish now. That's pretty concerning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, my office is kind of like a little goldfish sometimes. So uh, people can stand there and watch me through the glass. Yeah. Um, So, you know, you you brought up this whole thing of the Trinity. Uh, In your book, you refer to it as the Trinity, uh, to which you're referring not in the Christian sense, but in the body, the mind and spirit. And I said earlier, we can't we can't do that. I, I I even know that we are so multifaceted mm-hmm. that how can we work on one facet such as our body? Our mind relates to our body. Our spirit relates to our body and our mind. And you know, they're all there's a huge massive independency that I don't think we really we don't really understand that. I call it our inner net. Our inner net. Inner <laughs> I N N E R net. Okay. Our mind, our body, and our spirit. Um, And even... um, As long as they don't have to pay for the data. No. No, that that I think... uh, (laughs) That comes from uh, greater sources. Um, Even uh, Dr. Gabor Matei refers to the mind, the body, and spirit as the three pillars of health. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And 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 they're not separate. You know, how can we separate um, the body, the mind from the body, and the body from the spirit... They're interconnected. Absolutely. And so they need to be addressed and treated and honored um, for healing to take place. Well, and, and any one of those that we lack awareness of or honor or bring into our, our existence, um, we, we will get sick. Yes. Physically or emotionally ill, mentally ill. Um, uh, you know, we, we may go on a slide down and through you know, a whole bunch of other material things and bankruptcies and and all that kind of thing. They're all very, very tied in. Absolutely. You know, when someone declares right? bankruptcy, they were they were they were personally bankrupted long yeah. ago. Yes. The money was just the last to go. Yes. You know. Yeah. But their their spirit, their emotional, everything's exhausted. Yeah. And we don't often take into consideration. Um, there's a new term they now call biopsychosocial spiritual uh, framework of health. Um, Actually, that, that's quite old. The in the 70s, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it was actually uh, in the in the 80s. <laughs> I'm so old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back in the 80s, in my day, actually, that was actually the basis for addictions work. Mm-hmm. Is and it still is. And I think it's having a resurgence now. Yes. Right? Resurgence now. Yeah. Definitely. It's 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 like values clarification. Big, big yes. in the 70s, and then in the 80s, all of these therapies came online, and it slowly got dropped. Yeah. Well, now someone whoop, has popped it back up. I've had it in the program for years mm-hmm. because values clarification is so critical to know, and that's what you've done is to yes. find out what you value. Absolutely. Yeah. And value, value and purpose. Purpose and, and meaning. Purpose. And that, yeah. you know, you can go from post-traumatic stress, and we hear a lot about that with the military and so on, but they don't say that there's post-traumatic growth. And no. that's exactly no. what this book was for me was this, was was channeling my my 
energy into meaning and purpose. And on that note yes. of purpose, we on purpose have to go to a commercial. Uh, we're uh, going to be right back in a couple of minutes. It's uh, Gordon Riddell on uh, Things Worth Considering on the Voice America Internet Radio Station. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Are you where you want to be right now? We live our lives sometimes looking at others and thinking, the grass is always greener on their side. Not realizing that we have the power within us to pursue our dreams. It begins with a head start in the right direction. And that head start is with host Carla D. Walker and from the inside out. Believe in your abilities and take action. Listen live every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. This is Gord Riddell. You're listening to Things Worth Considering. I'm here with my guest, Martez Chambray, and her book, the uh, to, From uh, Stress to Bliss. So... We, we've been talking about the interplay, or as you call it, the trilogy, uh, which is perfect. Uh, so let's go, let's look at the mind a little bit. Uh, mind, just a little bit, is all you're going to find. But, you know, people love to own their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And our thoughts are garbage. 90% of our thoughts are garbage. Yes, and it's funny how 90% of uh, stress-related conditions or what people go through, Exactly, it's right? the same it's, amount. It's, it's the, the same, same amount. amount. I saw that. I thought, wow. You know, it's yeah. like if you think of all the stuff that travels through our head in a day, all these little pieces and so on, and then we arbitrarily go, I'm going to grab that one. Mm-hmm. And then we start to think about it, and then we start to worry about it, and then we build on it and ruminate. And we've created this huge thing that just kind of literally came in out of the air. Yeah, we create a whole story behind it. I, I think that there's a cosmic dump nearby. You know, they sort of put it in and we go, oh, there's something's new. Boom. And we, and we, if it's not the same thing over and over again, you know, we got on to something. We have uh, a tsunami of information that we take in on a daily basis. Unbelievable. It's crazy. Unbelievable. It's unprecedented. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, just think yeah. of sitting in, sitting in this room here, uh, the amount of information from the colors of the chairs to the to the artwork to whatever, and our brain is making all these decisions. We don't have to, thank God, but it's making all these decisions as to whether I'll remember all of these things and where everything's placed. Yeah. Of course, you could have fun, fun games with this stuff, you know, in yeah. terms of telling stories and passing around circles, or I close your eyes. Okay, what's on the wall? Yeah. You know, and most people would have no idea. Or what am I wearing? It's like some people, if they were in design like yourself, maybe you might know that. Myself, I couldn't tell you what people wear. Yeah. Is that important to me? It's the meaning that we place behind it. Exactly. Right? It's the meaning we place behind it. Exactly. It's when we put meaning, though, into crap. Yes. And that's what I'm talking about, the thoughts. Yes. And and when you say any challenge around that, like, can can you verify, can you give us something that backs this up? Is this true? 
Yeah, we have that through neuroscience. We now know that our thoughts create our reality. There's uh, a saying. Neuroscience may know that. The people on the street don't know that. I think it's starting to learn. They're starting to learn. Um, There there was a couple of of, um, one thing I want to share is a bumper sticker I once saw said, don't believe everything you think. Yeah, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Because, and as I said earlier about that tsunami of thought, not all those thoughts are yours, right? Sometimes they're old messages that we were told in school or in family, family of origin, right? Or it could be um, culturally what they want you. It could be the collective unconscious, too, that we're tapping into. And our mind is like a garden and our thoughts are like the seeds. So there's a saying, you can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. Exactly. And the more we think, whether it's in good terms or good uh, good stress or bad stress, that's you stress and distress, um, we will create a whole neural network that supports that. So the more we think in positive or negative terms, we are creating whole neural networks that support that. And and this isn't about being a Pollyanna. No, it is not. This isn't being positive about everything all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. We have research now that shows that, you know, the – the, the the breaking down of of old uh, nerve pathways generating new ones the more we think positively that that part of the brain starts to develop more absolutely absolutely well yes. anything i mean when someone st- stops drinking alcohol for instance um because they've had a problem where they kind of have a freeway you know that the, the drink went on and on you know that once they stop they will actually create a new neural pathway yeah. but the old one's still there Yes. If they were to go back to drinking, they would, it's like they're going to take the guardrails down and go, there's the highway, you know it. Yeah. And the more you go down that, that continuous pathway, you're going to create a highway. That's right. And And, then the nerves, the nerves, the nerves fire more faster and then it becomes a default and then it becomes automatic. That's why repetition of, of these patterns is so, so very important. Right. Yes, and, 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 I mean uh, both both things of recognizing that our repetitive behaviors that are harming us, absolutely. as well as you know being able to embrace them. You know that's what I have always said though about the Catholic Church was in the very early early days somehow they knew that repetition would allow people to keep coming back because it didn't matter where you went in the world, you could go. It was the same language, Latin. It mm-hmm. was exactly the same uh, mass. It was done every single time. So they were brilliant. They got tons of converts by, by just having repetition as being so much a part of it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, people love ritual. That's our habitual mind. Ritual, ritual. And I think that sense of safety, that there is something greater that's looking out for us. Sure. Right? That sure. We, can, we don't have to have it all on our shoulders, that we can go to that place and just let Hey, hang let, on to this for a while. Would you? Let it let it go in that space, right? And that you're also with people that are of like mind and faith right. that are also there for a greater purpose. Mostly. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, <laughs> mostly. Mostly, yes. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we need to, you know, the, the other thing about our unconscious, uh, the unconscious part of our mind is its inability to differentiate between what is true and what is not true. Mm-hmm. And that's why visualization is very, very impactful, especially with, with athletes. And those are mirror neurons that are in our brain that um, they've, they've actually done research where they've wired people up and put them up to uh, cat, PET scans. And they have um, the same parts of your brain will light up if you are actually doing something or visualizing it. Yes, Yes, absolutely. And, and I mean, there's, there's certainly lots and lots of, of uh, studies that were being done back in the 70s by the uh, Simonton's actually out of Houston, Texas. And uh, uh, some of it was to do with cancer, but he was doing some sports stuff as well. And having, you know, someone visualize playing basketball, someone practicing playing basketball, and then someone practicing uh, basketball and visualizing. And the person who did both was was or the person who just visualized was almost equal to the person who practiced and visualized. Mm-hmm. The person who it's only phenomenal. who only practiced, no, came yeah. in way third. Wow, isn't yeah. that phenomenal? It is. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, it, power, and it's why it's you know it's become such an important part of sports psychology. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like if you tell yourself something often enough, eventually you'll just believe it. Yes. Yeah, so hopefully and, it's good things. And, and hopefully <laughs> it's good things, but it's also how people alter yes. their stories. And, yes. You know, people from the past, and you hear them tell 
the story of what you know the town we're from or something. And he's like, what? You know, oh, we live in remember. the same town. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the same town I lived in? Because I have we a totally need to Google different... this part. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, actually, there's a show that that uh, uh, I did previously last year called Lies We Tell Ourselves. Mm. And and we we all do. It's what well, it's very important house. to challenge our thoughts, right? And where did this thought begin? Is it even mine? And um, it might be an old file from you know like windows 97 it was stellar in its time yeah, yeah. but it's not stellar anymore you need to update <laughs> right well and exactly. same, with, same exactly. with our thoughts we have to look at them and say okay where did this come from and is it still relevant and be open to having somebody else say to us are you sure about that thought yeah absolutely because we yeah. take it so personally it's kind of like saying you know you're just real ugly get out of the house but you think of how much information <laughs> we get in our brain like we're you know it's floating around in our psyche we need to start you know, challenging what we. Well, we need we need people to challenge us. I mean, yeah. that's why I think we're we're you know such social animals is that we can't see and, our and own bring awareness stuff. to it because if we don't bring awareness to it and and knowledge to it, uh, we keep doing the same things. And if we don't know better, we we can't do better. Exactly. Right. So when we challenge, we're we're coming from that place of curiosity. Yeah, yeah. When you're in that place of curiosity, you're not in fear. No. No, right? exactly. And, and so, you're not feeling and stressed. You're either. in that creative part of your brain, right? Right. And Which is expansive. It, absolutely. Fear contracts us. Absolutely. And it's palpable. You yep. feel it in the tissues. We have a saying the issues are in the tissues. And you can feel the fluidity. You can feel how stress and trauma changes the tissues of the body. Um, it, it's it's really quite remarkable. Right. right. You can tell traumatized tissue is different from, um, say, Non-traumatized. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, um, if someone if someone's listening to this and they're listening to your expertise in stress, um, what what would what kind of suggestions would you you make to them? What what do they want to walk away from this program? Well, to look at self care and health care as being one and the same thing. Which includes mental health. Absolutely. Yes. And that it is the health of our mind, our body, and our spirit. Mm-hmm. And having um, them integrated and being uh, coming from that place. Self-care is important. And oftentimes self-care is looked at as, oh, it's being, you know, um, uh Luxurious, or I don't have time for that. That's pampering. Oh, self-care? Me, I'm going to go home right? and have a jacuzzi tonight. But if I was to put it in terms of self as uh, um safe, effective use of self. Yes. Then you start to go, oh, and think about when we go on an airplane. We're told if the oxygen mask drops, you put on yourself first and then you attend to others. It's the same thing. Safe, effective use of self is to make sure that you are competent, capable, and able to um, do, and that most health, most healthcare professions have that in their code of ethics standards of practice that you need to uh, take care of yourself first um, because the, 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 uh, there's so much adverse reactions. Um, You can get into burnout, compassion fatigue, especially for those who are in helping uh, professions. Um, uh, So vicarious trauma, post-traumatic stress all come into that umbrella and it's really important to have self-care uh, getting treatment for yourself, um, often group therapy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see it threefold, personal one-on-one with a, with a therapist of some sort, um, group work, as also your own inter inner work, your personal work. Yeah, right. Um, and in that, in your self-care. Working on your internet. Yeah, inner, yeah. internet. <laughs> internet, internet, sorry. Yes. And so things that bring your body into stillness. So um, I also created a journal um, called MAGIC. And MAGIC is another acronym, um, which stands for Meditations, Affirmations, Gratitude, Intentions, and Connections. Which so, is brilliant. That's I mean, that's really sums up as you know all of the the key things we need to know about taking yeah care. And, it, and encompasses the mind the body and spirit yes and it gives us time to slow down go inward go into that reflective place and then write out people don't realize that the power of journaling writing out um is releasing of energy not from your typing body. exactly not it's typing. writing it's the writing it's writing um and the studies have shown actually people who take notes by hand versus those that take notes in school yes. uh typing uh, the retention is much higher yes. when you handwrite it. Yes. Good old-fashioned note-taking. Yes, and even with meditation, when you visualize it, um, 
feel it in, on, on different levels, like see it, but hear it, feel it, sense it. Because what's happening, it's being encoded in different parts of your brain. Mm-hmm. And it's going into all these different centers, which um, goes more into long term. It has different areas to access from. Um, but also that positive um, affirmations. Gratitude helps to bring your energy up and puts you into your uh, that blissful state. Yes. Very high vibration energy there. And then intentions is, gives your brain, you know, it's like a GPS. It's telling it where to go. Where it's going to go. Right? Yeah, and yeah. the connections, you'll start to see that the connections start to come together. You'll think of somebody. They'll show up or you'll run right. into them. Or all, all of a synchronicity sudden, or all of a sudden you're thinking about something that you want to do and all of a sudden these doors start to open up around it. Yeah, yeah. So it is healing is is in self-care. It's all part and parcel of 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 look of the mind the body and the spirit and bringing them together and integrating and recognizing how they work individually but also how they work interconnectedly yeah well you yeah you have to actually i think it's almost like the first thing we need to learn is mm-hmm. is how how do they integrate absolutely you know right from the get-go yes. not like oh we'll get the body stuff first and then we'll get to the mind or the you yeah. know emotional stuff. No, right? and it's important to go into stillness because that regulates your nervous system and your nervous system runs the show. The symptoms are uh, a byproduct. Yes, right? yes, yes. It's not, and we focus on the symptoms rather than the source, which is the being in that sympathetic nervous system. Um, and the key of stillness um, brings that system down. And when and when we're in that stress system, we react to things. When we're in our parasympathetic ner- nervous system or cranial sacral system, we respond to things. Right. And and there's a huge difference between reacting and responding. Reacting and responding. And what happens if you live in that time. sympathetic state all the time, your nervous system becomes dysregulated. And that's where, you know, the, the beginnings of, of not great things to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, I think with, a, you know, it's a chicken and egg maybe, but, you know, the, the whole thing of, of, you know, walking, you know, the stress, is it, you know, um, I lost my train of thought because I shouldn't have thrown the chicken in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we're at the end of the show. <laughs> um, uh, that's very funny because I actually lost lost my train of thought right on that. Uh, when I said about the chicken and the egg, like what came first, the stress level or the, the you know, uh, whatever you're talking about. But the integrative level is crucial. Absolutely. It's absolutely crucial. I thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it was a great pleasure. I hope you will come back. Uh, We've got a lot more to talk about that we barely even scratched the surface. There's a lot to talk about, and I would love to come back. What about my spirituality? We didn't even talk about that. Well, we can (laughs) make that another date. Exactly, exactly. Yes, yes, thank you very much. Uh, My pleasure. And um, you will be on next week, um, yeah, being able to to hear you. So um, we will be back next week, next Thursday at 8 o'clock, and we look forward to having you join us again at that time. Have a great week, folks. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your host, Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.